Hi, everyone, and welcome to the State of State Schools podcast. I'm your host, John Stamper, Christian author, former homeschooler, and former public school teacher. Once a week, I'll give a quick recap of the most important headlines in education and pull back the curtain on what's really happening in our kids' schools. If you're a teacher, parent, or homeschool family, this podcast is for you. Thanks for listening, and let's get started. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode number 36. Everything we're talking about is coming from the week of August 21st. This week, I'm talking about teachers' unions pushing gender ideology. Uh, A teacher was fired for reading a book on gender identity to their fifth graders. And classical schools are on the rise. Story number one. One of the nation's largest teachers' unions has been promoting gender ideology and instructing teachers on how to implement gender ideology in their classrooms. This should not be surprising at all. I've been saying this for three years now. This is one of the major reasons to leave the government school system. I'm pretty sure we're at the point where it's just assumed that these large teachers unions are completely sold out to pushing woke ideologies onto kids. This is also known as indoctrination. The American Federation of Teachers, the AFT, is the nation's second largest teachers union. All right, it's headed by Randy Weingarten, second only to the NEA. According to the report done by the Defense of Freedom Institute, the AFT held a conference this July called Together Educating America's Children, or TEACH. Two of the sessions at this conference were called Affirming LGBTQIA Identities in and out of the classroom. I'll say that again. This is the title of the session, Affirming LGBTQIA plus Identities in and Out of the Classroom. That's a specific goal, specific agenda. Another session was called The Transgender, Gender Nonconforming, Non-Binary, Inclusive School and Classroom. That's a mouthful. So the mission of this conference was very evident. It was to always affirm a student's transgender identity. And whenever you hear that phrase, quote, affirm a trans identity, end quote, that's just a fancy, non-offensive way of saying you're lying to the kid. So teachers were trained to lie to children about biological fact and not just lie, but actively push these lies onto kids and then hide this info from their parents and then build school policy based on these practices. This is exactly what I was trained to do in Chicago Public Schools three years ago. And when I filed a complaint to the school board about this training, they said, "Ah, we're not going to investigate this. So both of these teachers unions, the AFT and the NEA, have been working with LGBTQ and gender activist groups for years. Groups like Gender Spectrum and the Gay, Lesbian, Straight Education Network, GLSEN. I talk about these two groups all the time. And the teachers unions model their own policies after these groups. So in conferences like this one I'm talking about, and in other teacher trainings across the country, like the ones I completed, this is how these gender ideology policies can be passed down. All without parents seeing or knowing what's going on. This is what I call, quote unquote, behind the curtain. And I'll even give a more recent example of how these teacher trainings are affecting school policy in real life. The Round Rock Independent School District in Texas recently conducted a teacher training 
that encourage teachers to use trans names and pronouns with students and to keep this information a secret from their parents. Sounds familiar, right? In fact, one of the presentation slides had written in all capital letters, in big, bold words that were even underlined. Here's what it said. Do not contact their parents and out them to their families. That's a direct charge in this teacher training. So teachers are told to repeat these new names and pronouns because in time, it'll start to feel natural, right? The more you repeat a lie, the more it sounds true. All of this information was obtained through a public records request, and it's right in line with what the major teachers unions and the LGBTQ activist groups are promoting. So this is just one example, just one example of a single school district following the lead of these teachers unions, you know, whose teacher trainings are saturated with gender ideology, which is not only based on lies, but it also undermines parents. So I've been saying this a lot recently, but this is now the default position of most government school systems around the country. They lie to kids about their gender and then create school policies that reinforce this gender confusion. Even the parent notification policies, for example, they don't stop this act of lying to children about biological fact. They just let the parents know that it's happening. It doesn't stop anything. So in my opinion, parent notification policies, they're well-meaning, but they only legitimize gender ideology. And they're causing families to rely even more on government intervention. So these parent notification policies, while they're better than hiding things from parents, in reality, they're giving teachers and school staff the green light to go ahead and indoctrinate kids. It actually gives teachers and staff a legal right, just as long as they let the parents know about it. So while yes, I 100% agree that parents should know everything their kids are taught, it would be better if schools stood for truth and just said, hey, transgenderism isn't real. No man has ever really become a woman, not in reality. It's not a thing that happens. And no woman has ever morphed into a man. This isn't a real thing, so we're not going to allow this in our schools. If you are gender confused, we care about you. And the first thing we can do to help you is to tell you the truth, etc. But nobody's doing that, at least not in the government schools. And most states or DOEs would never allow government schools to do that. So any trans policy, in my opinion, that isn't a zero tolerance policy, I don't think it's really helping. Story number two, a school board in the Atlanta area voted to fire an elementary teacher effective immediately for reading a book about gender identity to her fifth grade students. The book in question is called My Shadow is Purple and apparently violated school policy, which was revised last year, to be in line with state law. State law says that parents have the right to, quote, direct the upbringing and the moral or religious training of their children, end quote. Governor Brian Kemp said the state law, quote, ensures that all of our state and nation's history is taught accurately because here in Georgia, our classrooms will not be pawns to those who indoctrinate our kids with their partisan agendas, end quote. This teacher issued a statement after being fired saying, quote, the district is sending a harmful message 
that not all students are worthy of affirmation in being their unapologetic and authentic selves. This decision, based on intentionally vague policies, will result in more teachers self-censoring in fear of not knowing where the invisible line will be drawn. Censorship perpetuates harm and students deserve better, end quote. So here, one group will claim this firing as a victory and another group will claim this firing as an injustice. And that is until the tables turn and the other political party is in power. Then all of these laws and policies are undone and the roles will be reversed. So it's just an endless cycle. I mean, listen, at the same time that this teacher is being fired for implementing gender ideology in the classroom, other teachers, like say in California, they're being fired for not implementing gender ideology in the classroom. So we have both ends of the spectrum in play at the same time. And this is dangerous because it seems that everyone loves when the government passes a new law as long as it aligns with their values. But like I said, what happens when the other party is in power and you don't like their policies? See, you can't love government control when it suits you and then hate government control when it doesn't suit you. That's the problem with government control. By the time you realize it's a bad thing, it's too late. And really, that's the real problem with public education, aka government education. You're at the mercy of the powers that be, the power of the purse. And that's why private education or homeschooling with a biblical worldview are better options. Story number three, we'll finish with a good report this week. And this is really one possible solution to all the problems with government schools. So I don't always wanna talk about problems. I also wanna offer solutions to these problems. So there is at least one positive thing happening and that is the number of classical schools are on the rise, particularly Christian classical schools. In fact, the Association of Christian Classical Schools reports the number of new schools within their network has tripled in the last year. They expect to open 100 new schools by the end of this year. So you may not know this, but you don't have to send your kids to a private school to receive a Christian classical education. Classical education is also for homeschooling. The Classical Conversations Homeschool Network has had 20,000 new students enroll since 2020. One director of a Christian classical high school explained this huge increase by saying, quote, Jesus Christ is at the core of everything they study. So they're talking about their faith throughout the day and in all aspects of the curriculum. Our goal is that students are articulate, clear thinking, well-rounded, and very joyful individuals, end quote. So personally, when I talk to people about classical education, the number one question I get asked is, what exactly is classical education? Well, this article in The Federalist describes it this way, quote, classical education aims to introduce children to their cultural heritage through seeing and imitating the greatest works in their civilization's history, from the arts to the sciences. Classical schools forthrightly teach philosophical virtues such as prudence, courage, temperance, and justice. Christian classical schools add the theological virtues of faith, hope, and love, end quote. 
So compare that with the current Marxist education that focuses on race, class, and sex, and says that they're tools wielded by oppressors, all to maintain their power over the oppressed. Critics of classical education might say that you know, it avoids important cultural issues of the day, but that's not the case. Classical education doesn't avoid cultural issues of the day. It simply places these current issues in the proper context and considers the course of all human history. It seeks to understand how we arrived at this point in time. It requires the student to seek truth and to be thinkers, not just memorizers. And that's the difference between education and indoctrination. As this article in The Federalist stated so well, quote, by sustaining classic Western ideas, such as a search for truth, classical education inevitably conflicts with Marxism, which replaces truth with power. That's why Marxists always lie, end quote. And I'll finish by reading this final statement, quote, while some of classical education's leaders may not want to fight the culture war, their very existence declares war against cultural Marxism. There is ultimately no common ground possible between the love of truth, goodness, and beauty and identity politics, cynical society devastating claim that truth, goodness, and beauty are all mere tools of power that serve an oppressor class, end quote. So to summarize, classical education searches for truth, goodness, and beauty, while today's quote-unquote progressive education, which is overtly Marxist, says that truth, goodness, and beauty are just tools of the oppressors. So there is no common ground. And this is my final plea to you. If you're a parent or an educator, simply consider, in which of these two camps do you want to be? And that's all I have for you this week. That is the State of State Schools. Thanks, everybody.